0: Liz Wheeler Show, episode 437, take one. Congressman Jabal Bowman pulled the fire alarm in the Cannon Building at the Capitol in order to stop Republicans from voting on a stopgap continuing resolution to avoid the government shutdown. Of course, Jamal Bowman is a Democrat. A Republican wouldn't do this. A Democrat would do this. And the stages of his denial are almost funny if it weren't for the fact that the Republicans are gonna let him get away with this. So what I wanna talk about tonight is I wanna talk about exactly what he did and what Republicans ought to do and what it means if Republicans don't do anything to hold him accountable. So first of all, I wanna show this photo. This is the photograph that the Capitol Police released that shows Congressman Jamal Bowman. You can see him pulling the fire alarm. Um, We all know what a fire alarm looks like, right? Everyone over the age of seven knows what a fire alarm looks like. Plus, when you walk up to a fire alarm, it says, fire alarm, splashed all over it. It usually even tells you, if you pull this, the alarm will ring. If you open the door, (laughs) the buzzer will sound. No one is so stupid that they don't know what a fire alarm is, except apparently, Congressman Jabal Bowman, he's claiming that he didn't realize what this was. so. Before we get into showing you, see those signs standing around him? See the signs on the door and the signs right—the sign right there kind of behind him to his left at the bottom right corner of the picture? Those are signs that say exactly what the fire alarm will do if you pull it. And we're gonna read those signs in just a second. But I would just like to put this thought out there for any Republican members of Congress who are listening. What Jamal Bowman did here is not only a crime, it actually is a crime in Washington DC to pull a fire alarm as a hoax or to, to do a false alarm. But I assume that this qualifies as obstruction of an official proceeding because the reason Jamal Bowman pulled this fire alarm was to prevent the Republicans from passing this continuing resolution because it did not include funding for Ukraine, which is what the Democrats wanted. Now this continuing resolution, you can argue that it's terrible, it probably is. It only funds the government through November 17th, so it's a couple more weeks and we're gonna be having this same fight again. I think that Matt Gates is gonna try to get rid of Speaker McCarthy in the interim, which might not be a bad thing, just depends on the coalition Matt Gaetz has behind him. Again, we can talk about that a little bit later, but let's just focus on this one single action that Jamal Bowman that Jamal Bowman took part in. This is obstruction of an official proceeding because the only reason that you would do this is to prevent the vote in Congress, which is the official proceeding of the United States government. So I assume, based on what we've been told by the left and by the Department of Justice for the past two and a half years now, Jamal Bowman should be on his way to prison. He should be held in in pretrial detention, probably in solitary confinement, and then sentenced to decades in prison, right? Because if you obstruct an official proceeding, if you try to stop Congress from doing what they're there to do, then you are a threat to our democracy. You, are, you amount to an insurrectionist. This is what I've been told. So I'm just sitting here waiting for Republicans to walk Jamal Bowman out of Congress in handcuffs for the Capitol Police to arrest him, for the FBI to swat his house at the crack of dawn for him to be thrown into a cell so narrow that you can barely sit down and lay down in it to have his due process completely violated unless Republicans are only willing for this to happen to our own, unless we're not willing to hold the standard of justice, quote unquote justice, that the Democrats have for us to Democrats who commit acts. This is a violation of the law in Washington, DC. Again, we'll get to that in a second, but I wanna show you those signs. So those little red signs that were on the door that was right behind Jamal Bowman, Rebecca, can we bring up element 1B? Look at these signs. Do you see how obvious that is? These signs say, emergency exit only, push until alarm sounds, door will unlock in 30 seconds. That's what those signs say. Emergency exit only, push until alarm sounds, door will unlock in 30 seconds. I know members of Congress don't have a reputation for being that smart, but I assume they all can read, especially big red signs around a fire alarm, Pulling a fake fire alarm in Washington, D.C. is a crime. This is the language of the law that's on the book in Washington, D.C. I'm gonna show it to you on the screen. This is the next element, Rebecca. Code of the District of Columbia, 22 False alarms and false reports, hoax weapons. This is what the law says. It shall be unlawful for any person or persons to willfully or knowingly give a false alarm of fire within the District of Columbia, and any person or persons violating the provisions of this subsection shall, upon conviction, be deemed guilty of a misdemeanor and be punished by a fine not more than the amount set forth in 223571.01, or by imprisonment for not more than six months, or by both such fine and imprisonment. So where's the Capitol Police on this? Where's Mayor Bowser calling for the arrest of this man who violated a law in Washington, D.C. Where are Republicans saying that they're not gonna do anything in Congress until this criminal is held accountable for his actions? And don't even try to tell me that he didn't know what he was doing. We are gonna read his statement in a second. His statement is the most ridiculous statement you have ever heard. I'm gonna read you word for word what he said, and you tell me if you think this guy is lying or if you think this guy is an idiot. I don't even think anyone can possibly be as stupid Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Bowman's statement denying that he was obstructing an official proceeding. I guess before we, before we even read his statement, the reason that he's lying, the reason that he put out this statement, is because he knows that what he did is not only a violation of the code of the District of Columbia, it's not only a violation of that local law, it's also obstruction of an official proceeding, the, the exact same charge that the Department of Justice has levied against January 6th defendants. In fact, Julie Kelly pointed this up, if we could bring her tweet up on the screen. 320 people who participated in the protests on January 6th, were charged with obstruction of an official proceeding. That's a lot, a lot of people. 320 people. And if you read the language of that statute, you know it applies exactly to what Jamal Bowman did, which is why he put out this statement. This is what he said. Let me bring this up on the screen. Jamal Bowman's denial. It's quite the denial too, my friends. Makes you wonder how many people sat around writing this. This is what it says. Congressman Jamal Bowman released the following statement. I want to personally clear up confusion, he said, surrounding today's events. Guys, we're just confused. Don't worry, you didn't see him pulling that alarm. It didn't go off. You're just confused about what happened. Don't you just love when they tell you right off the bat that please don't believe your own eyes. It's your misperception of what happened. It's not that I did anything wrong. You just, you just don't know what you're seeing. He said, I want to personally clear up confusion around today's events. Today, as I was rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. I am embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm mistakenly thinking it would open the door. I regret this and sincerely apologize for any confusion this caused. But I want to be very clear, this was not me in any way trying to delay any vote. It was the exact opposite. I was trying urgently to get to a vote, which I ultimately did and joined my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. I also met after the vote with the Sergeant at Arms and the Capitol Police at their request, and explained what had happened. My hope is that no one will make more of this than it was. (laughs) Can't even read this with a straight face. He says, I'm working very hard every day, including today to do my job, to do it well and deliver for my constituents peace and love. What a liar, like this isn't even a good lie. You're in Congress, you should have at least developed the skill of being a good liar. This is not even a good lie. I didn't realize that pulling a, a fire alarm would set off an alarm. I'm a kindergartner on my first day of school. Of course you realized it. Of course you did. You didn't meet with the sergeant-at-arms of the Capitol Police. They're investigating you for the crime you committed. Good Lord. I, I expect now we should see conspiracy charges all around for everyone who was involved in writing that statement. So Jamal Bowman himself and any staff member who took part in propagating or creating or crafting the language of this lie, RICO charges all around for the conspiracy to help him obstruct an official proceeding. Only if we're, if we're living in a fair, a country with, a, with an equal standard of justice, this is what we must see. And this is what Republicans must demand. Because, remember, this is the language of the bill. This is um, the obstruction of an official proceeding statute under which the January 6th defendants were charged. Let's bring this up. I wanna read what the text of the law is. Let me bring this up so I can read it word for word to you. Whoever corruptly alters, destroys, mutilates, or conceals a record, document, or other object, or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding or otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. Sounds like a 20-year sentence to me. 20 years, I don't wanna see, see a day less than 20 years for Jamal Bowman. He tried to stop this vote that would have shut down the government if he had actually succeeded. Weren't we just told two or three days ago by the left that if the Republicans allowed the government to shut down then people would be hurt by this. Families would be hurt, veterans would be hurt, people on disability would be hurt because people wouldn't have the government that they need to survive. Total BS, but isn't that what the Democrats told us? So what exactly did Jamal Bowman do? He not only obstructed the official proceeding of Congress, he could have hurt the American people who just need their government checks. This is the test for Republicans. This is the real test for Republicans. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna believe Jamal Bowman? Are you gonna let him get away with this lie? Or are you gonna hold him to the same standard that Democrats are holding our people? Our voters, our citizens who are being targeted by the Department of Justice under the Biden administration because Joe Biden hates people who question the integrity of the election that put him in the White House because he hates Donald Trump. Are we gonna let him get away with this? This should the Republicans should immediately refer this to the US Attorney in Washington, D.C., Matthew Graves, for criminal indictment. If we see anything less from Republicans, and I don't mean a tweet from a Republican, I mean official actions from Republicans. If we don't see them take action, this is one of those moments that tells us what we need to know about Republicans. Do they have what it takes to fight this fight? Or are they just there for the power and the influence and the politics and the, the drinking after drinking with your colleagues after a day at, uh, day at Congress and the viral videos that you can get if you question the right person in the right hearing, what are you there for? Are you there to fight? Do you understand the political enemy that we're facing? Then hold them to their own standards. Hold them to their own standards. By the way, Jamal Bowman, before he was a member of Congress, was a school principal. Are you telling me that a school principal doesn't know how to operate a fire alarm? Hmm, I find that just a little hard to believe. He's also on the Committee on Education and the Committee on Science, That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus, and conditions apply. See website for details. A little ironic, don't you think, that a school principal, a former school principal, wouldn't know how to operate a fire alarm? It's not just ironic, it's downright unbelievable. But speaking of the state of education in our nation, let's look at schools in Illinois for just a sec. This is a new report. I don't care how often we say that public edu- or the public education system in our country is A, an indoctrination center, and B, is failing students academically. When you see a statistic like this, it really makes you stop and think, right now in the state of Illinois, 30 public schools have zero students who can read at grade level. Zero. 30 different schools have zero students who can read at grade level. So this doesn't mean that they have a lot of students who are failing reading. It doesn't mean that there's one school where every single student, 30 schools, how does this even happen? How does this even happen? I'll tell you how this happens. This is something that I talk about in my book. Um, When I talk about public education, we know that public education right now is completely corrupted with critical race theory and trans ideology, the 1619 Project, moral relativism, all of that stuff. We don't really need to establish that that's happening. We know that it is. But let me, one of the most interesting tidbits that I came across when I was researching my book is that public schooling in the United States hasn't been mandatory the way that it is now for that long. It, really not that long. Public schooling became mandatory. The first state to adopt it was actually in 1852. The state of Massachusetts made public schooling compulsory because at the time there was an influx of Catholic immigrants to our country and the Protestant politicians in charge of Massachusetts wanted to indoctrinate the immigrant children in American values so that those children, the immigrant children, would be loyal to America first rather than the country with their birth. And they wanted to indoctrinate these immigrant children in Protestant values because, well, the decade or the centuries old battle, the ongoing battle between Protestants and Catholics. And I realized as I was reading this that our education system actually was always intended. It is supposed to be used as an indoctrination center, it's not supposed to be this neutral reading, writing, and arithmetic center. That's just, That's that's not possible, right? You can't can't have children in your care for eight hours a day, even if you're just teaching them academic subject without imparting some sort of values. There's really no such thing as a value-neutral education. Yet, even though our education system was intended to indoctrinate, it was Republicans who, or at least it was Republicans who let go of that. It was Republicans who relinquished that, who, who surrendered it to the left somewhere between the time when public schooling became mandatory. And now Republicans just completely stepped back and Democrats were only too happy to step into that void and fill that with Democrat values. And I think that this is something that conservatives in the Republican Party need to grapple with because it can sound edgy or unappealing or even um, immoral to say that our schools should be used as an indoctrination center. But the reason that it sounds edgy or immoral is because we associate indoctrination with what the left is indoctrinating our children's with right now, the critical race theory and the trans stuff. But indoctrination itself isn't necessarily immoral. It's actually a very ambiguous word. It's, it's a morally neutral word. It, it, it's not good or bad in and of itself. It depends on what's being indoctrinated that determines whether it's moral or immoral. And right now, the Democrats are indoctrinating with immoral stuff, which means that the indoctrination is immoral too. But Republicans need to take back education and not just try to make it into some value-neutral reading, writing, arithmetic center. That's never going to happen. They need to take it back and start indoctrinating American civics and values and Judeo-Christian principles. It doesn't mean forcing kids to to worship a god that they don't, that their families don't choose to worship. But it does mean teaching the underlying morality, the underlying Judeo-Christian morality that underpins our entire society, that underpins not only our laws but our culture and the function or the the way that our government was set up. And I challenge conservatives in my book. I'm interested for you guys to read that chapter specifically because I challenge conservatives to, to stop thinking about our institutions the way that the Republican Party thinks about them. The Republican Party wants us to, quote unquote, get back to what they used to be and they paint what they used to be as being this neutral apparatus and they never were a neutral apparatus. Our institutions have never been neutral. It's just a matter of who was in who was in charge of them. It used to be Republicans. It used to be pro-America and people that were in charge of them. And so we thought of that as being neutral because those seemed those principles, American principles, your Judeo-Christian values, seemed so normal to people that it didn't seem like indoctrination. But it's it is indoctrination, but it's the good kind. And I challenge conservatives, don't just try to return this to some obscure state of neutrality that never really existed. Take back this institution and use it to teach the next generation of children why America is good and the Judeo-Christian principles that underlie it, that make us good. If we don't do that, I'm not sure that it's worth having a public school system at all. And I know that this is one of my most based viewpoints. Even a lot of Republicans are hesitant to jump on this train with me, although you're all invited to climb on board. But if we are not using our public school system for positive indoctrination of American values and Judeo-Christian values, then what's the point of it? Because we're academically failing students. I mean, this this statistic from Illinois is just jaw-dropping. 30 schools in Illinois have zero students who can read it at grade level. So why are you sending your children there then? Are you sending them there because it's free daycare? Because children come out just with horrible social skills. They're bullied, they're ignored, they're neglected. They spend all of their time listening to, being in in this classroom just surrounded by peers their own age, they're socially stunted when they come out of public school. So it's academically failing students, it's producing socially stunted children, Oftentimes, in inner cities, schools are a hub of gang violence and gang recruiting. If you're not, at the same time, if there's not even the redeeming value of being taught American values and Judeo-Christian morals, then why do we even have the public school system? What purpose does it serve? If it's just a gigantic child care apparatus, then we need to rethink our child care apparatus because we are at the point in our country where I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to send their child to a public school. It is a pit of snakes for children. A pit of snakes. And like I said, I unpack all of this in my book. And I hope you guys read that part because I think that this is really key to Republicans not losing because we are, we're losing. We've been losing for 50 or 60 years. Everything the Republican Party has tried, the conservative movement has tried, has not worked, or we wouldn't be existing right now in this cultural insanity in which we are existing. So we have to be able to objectively look at well, what have we done for the last 50 years that isn't working? And how can we readjust that? What have we gotten wrong? And how do we make it right? And I propose that solution in my book. So go to hideyourchildrenbook.com, hideyourchildrenbook.com. Nikki Haley had an interesting post. Uh, Donald Trump had called her a bird brain following, just as analysis, following the Republican debate last week, he posted on Truth Social and called her a bird brain. Maybe not his best insult, although I guess a little bit funny. I don't think she's a bird brain. I just think she's never met a war that she doesn't like. Well, Nikki Haley posted a picture on social media that I got to tell you, I'm a little skeptical about the authenticity of this photo. I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to show you in just a second. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. So this is the photo that Nikki Haley posted on social media. This is from her ex, formerly known as Twitter account. If we could bring this up on the screen. She posted a picture of something that she said she found outside her door. It is a birdcage with bird feed on the top and a little card that says, from the Trump campaign. Now, I believe that someone delivered this in front of her door. I'm not questioning the fact, I don't think she staged this. I don't think she went out and bought a bird cage and bird feed just to try to, that would be a really weird hoax to pull. That would be like, it would almost be like the Jussie Smollett thing, but like lame, lamer than that. I don't disbelieve that this was in front of her door, but I don't think it was from the Trump campaign. I think it was some, just some individual who doesn't like Nikki Haley who sent this and signed the name of the Trump campaign. I don't have any evidence to back this up, I didn't see the return address. I have, it's just my speculate, call it my educated guess. My educated guess. Think about this. This is why, this is why I suspect this is not from the Trump campaign. Donald Trump, after Chris Christie called him Donald Duck on that debate stage, like the cringiest moment that you can possibly imagine, his response to that was anybody who would come up with and use an insult as dumb as that is not qualified to be president. Brilliant response. The response made me laugh. Perfect way to respond to it. Donald Trump generally has pretty good nicknames for people. He generally has a bit more wit than a birdcage. Birdcage is not that funny. Bird feed, that's not, that's not good. That's dumb. Donald Trump would never do that. It's too dumb. And she's not a big enough threat that he would actually send a package to her door. So I believe she found it outside of her door. I do not believe it's from the Trump campaign. That is what I will say. So after we talked about RFK last week, there's speculation that he's gonna announce that he's running not as a Democrat, but as an independent on, I think, October 9th or 10th. And a lot of conservatives, especially online, are saying this is bad for Trump. He pulls more people from Trump, people who are unhappy with how Trump handled COVID. So if it was Trump versus Biden, Republican versus Democrat, and RFK is the independent, a lot of conservatives are saying this is really bad news for Trump. And I'm a little skeptical, Of that, I know that there are a lot of Republicans who think that RFK is really good on Big Pharma and Big Food and CDC and that kind of corruption. I'm one of those people who thinks that he's very good on that. I wouldn't vote for RFK as an independent because he's not conservative on anything else. I think that he would be much better utilized by a Republican president in a position that was narrowly targeted at Big Pharma and Big Food. And I think most people who are, most Republicans, I should say, who are fans of RFK probably feel the same way. And this is not just anecdotal. This is not just my analysis. There was a poll that actually asked people, a scientific poll that asked Republicans and Democrats, if Trump was the Republican and Biden was the Democrat and RFK was running as an independent, who would you vote for? And this poll found that 33% of Democrats would vote for RFK. So Biden would lose a third of his voters to RFK and only 14% of Republicans would choose RFK over Trump. So there was a, there was a, a poll out right from the get-go that showed that maybe this fear being expressed by conservatives isn't true. I mean, it's early, things could change, I suppose. This is not, a poll is not foolproof. I mean, some polls aren't accurate. But just for the fun of it, I posted on my ex account and I asked you guys, the, I asked you guys the poll question. This is what I, this is what I put. I said, if you are a Republican, would you vote for Trump, Biden, or RFK Jr. if he runs as an independent? And these are the results. About 10,000 of you guys voted and 84.3% said Trump, 1.7% said Biden. Who are you, by the way? What Republican votes for Biden? Um, And maybe Anna Navarro follows me or something like that. (laughs) And then 14% said RFK Jr. So the interesting part here is that the results of this poll on the Republican side exactly matched the scientific poll the survey that was done with uh, among Republicans nationwide. So I found that very interesting. I know that a poll on x.com is not scientific. It is biased to your audience, which I'm not denying. I did think it was interesting. The bias of my audience showed up. I also asked the opposite question. If you're a Democrat, would you vote for Trump, Biden, or RFK Jr. if he runs in his, as an independent? And here the results are obviously biased by who follows me on x. The results said that 59.9% of Democrats said that they would vote for Trump, 7% said they'd vote for Biden, and 33.1% said they'd vote for RFK Jr. Now, obviously, you might be more prone to follow me on Twitter if you're a Republican, or you might be more prone to follow me if you're a Democrat who doesn't hate Trump. So I fully acknowledge that this is, uh, this has Severe selection bias to it, more so than the Republican version of the poll. I still found the most interesting. I think I found the Republican one more interesting because it matched the scientific poll, which I think is pretty interesting. I'm still not convinced that RFK would spoil um, for Trump. I think that he would, I think he would spoil Biden. RFK himself thinks that he pulls more votes from Trump. So we will have to see what we will have to see, but I am not, I am not convinced. Guys, if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, well, you might be just the few people listening who have left to buy this book because so many of you have been so awesome and have bought books the last week, which I really appreciate. You can go to HideYourChildrenBook.com to get Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. I really appreciate all your feedback. I, Like I said last week, when this book first came out, I, of course, was excited to, for you guys to read it just because I've been working on it for so long. And you can't always talk about everything that you're going to put in a book because you got to save it for the book. So I was excited, but I was also nervous because there are some ideas, some suggestions, some strategies that I suggest that are different than what the Republican Party is offering because I don't think the Republican Party has been effective the last 50 years in fighting off cultural Marxism. Otherwise, we wouldn't be existing in this cultural madness that we're existing in right now. So don't we want to change the strategy so that we start winning? I would argue yes, that is what I argue in my book. So please pick up your copy, go to hideyourchildrenbook.com or go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you get your books, grab your copy. Uh, thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.